I have no reason to believe that UCLA can't beat their next opponent by at least 50 points. I hope it's a bloodbath. I think the Bruin fan base would salivate over the chance at watching their team demoralize an opponent, given how we've played the last couple of games. And against Cal State Fullerton, a 3-10 ball club in what is the final non-conference game for the Bruins. This is the perfect opportunity for UCLA to once again regain some confidence, get the offense progressing once again before they head into the vaunted gauntlet that is Pac-12 play. And with that, welcome you in. This is Locked on Bruins. I'm your host, Brian Fenley. I can be reached via email LockedOnBruins at gmail.com. I do have a Twitter. That is Brian Fenley, Brian with a Y. And I am always forever grateful for your time. So if you haven't yet, do yourself due diligence. Hit that subscribe button and be a constant follower of this ever-growing, improving, and hopefully evolving in the right way podcast that serves you in the way that you hope to be served for all the sake of entertainment, being informative, and giving you some interesting takes and opinions. So here's what you can expect to hear on this episode. With the final non-conference game coming up on Saturday, it's against Cal State Fullerton. As I mentioned, this team, I'm going to look at it from a variety of different angles, they are in the midst of a, a cataclysmic free fall right now. Seven losses in a row. We'll kind of break down some of their latest games, where they have struggled. They have also played another Pac-12 team. And how did they fare against that squad? We'll explain as well. Look at some of their personnel on their team and how the Bruins hope to exploit some of the, I don't know, lack of talent, if you will, and size on the Titans roster. Also, we will look at where the Bruins hope to take a step forward in this game, not just, as I said, from this game, but beyond. We have mentioned the, the struggles in scoring in the lane. It seems to be something that the Bruins have been allergic to in terms of trying to muster up a, a, a semblance of consistency in paint production and scoring. So can the Bruins once again get that back into their repertoire? We'll to discuss and point out how that might happen. And goodness, this is it. This is the final non-conference game, and, and the Bruins can't mess this one up. So let's start with Cal State Fullerton, and who the heck is this team? Obviously, they're from SoCal. You know that. Seven losses in a row. They're 3-10 and 10 on the year. And like UCLA, they do struggle shooting from downtown. They actually don't take a lot of attempts from three-point territory as well. They make five threes per game. They attempt about 18. So there's that. And then... They rely, most of their, their scoring is coming from their guards. They have three guards who average at least double figures or, or double digits in points per game. And leading the way in that category is Austin Aosika, who not only is pacing the team in scoring, but also in assists and is averaging right now 14 points, four rebounds, and three assists per game. So... They are going to want to get their offense going with the guards. 
it's interesting because even though most of their guard play is where they rely upon when it comes to their offense, they don't take and make a lot of threes. So it shows you part of, I don't know, I look at that as a symptom of dysfunction here, but that's not the only symptom of dysfunction as we'll begin to illuminate here when looking further into this team. As I said, this seven-game losing streak and the teams that they have beaten, not ones you're going to run and brag to your mom about, let's be honest here. One of them was against a Division II opponent in Stanislaus State. The other one, I believe, is Division I in Southeast Missouri State. And then you had the W against Wyoming. I teased this just a moment ago that this is the second, actually, Pac-12 opponent that the Titans will play in this non-conference slate. They fell to Stanford 70 to 54. Now, if you look at the stats in that game, it's it's very convoluted because the Titans actually had 10 more shots they attempted than the Cardinal, but CSUF only made 33% of their field goals while the Cardinal buried 50% of their shots. And then to add to those woes, the free throw line was not a friend of the Titans. They went 10 of 19, good for about 53%. And goodness, that sounds familiar. Now the Bruins haven't been shooting well from the, the free throw line as well, and hopefully they can cure those woes here coming up and do it against this team from Fullerton. Now, as far as the personnel on... The Titans. Okay, their tallest players are 6'9". They are Johnny Wing and Josh Pitts. They combine collectively to average five points per game, and both of them are averaging, I don't know, give or take, about 15 minutes per game each. So they don't go to their bigs very often. They don't use their height to generate a lot of points offensively. And what they have been able to get back is a 6-7 star for them in Jackson Rowe. Now, this guy had missed significant time at the beginning of this year dealing with a knee issue, and he has come back. He is 6-7. So their best post presence is only 6-7. So you see the trend here. These guys are undersized in a big way. And if you look and glance at their stats, they, every single game, are getting their average getting out-rebounded by their opponent. In fact, if you look at the rebounding margin, it's like negative 3.5 rebounds per game. So they are getting out-rebounded by at least 3.5 boards per game so far. And... They just don't have the bigs inside to to compete. And that's part of their doom right now and why UCLA should have no problem burrowing themselves in the lane and finding Jalen Hill and Cody Riley, getting some easy looks, penetrating, and, and breaking down that defense on the back end. Their coach is Diedrich Taylor. And he's been with the program for a couple years now, has some experience actually coaching 
at the Pac-12 level, was an associate head coach at Arizona State, helped recruit James Harden to ASU. Obviously, Harden played one season and then bolted for the NBA and has now become a mega superstar in the league. And this team in, in Cal State Fullerton, checking out some of some of the quotes that the staff was talking about, you know, given how they've been playing recently. And one of the guys was saying, you know, at this point in the season, losing seven in a row, being three and ten, saying, quote, we're all scratching our heads and trying to find a way to get a win, to build some momentum, build some confidence. Geez, that sounds familiar like UCLA. And then the quote went on to say, ironically, we were sitting around as a staff a couple days ago and the new guys on the staff brought up the fact that almost this time last year we were in the same boat. We were 4-12. and That's the overall record. And the Titans ended up losing in the conference championship game in the tournament, conference, champ- conference tournament championship game, that is, last year. So they were able to get themselves out of that rut and play respectfully once they got into to conference play. And coming up in just a moment, the, the Titans took on LMU. And what went down in that game, plus specifically, how can UCLA one-up this struggling Titans squad as far as crashing the glass? All right, so I always think it's important to look at an opponent's last game to give us some sort of insight on how they've been playing recently. The Titans just fell to LMU, and Jackson Rowe, who I'd mentioned, one of his first games back after dealing with that knee injury, he had 15 points, five rebounds, four blocks. And Fullerton scored only 46 points in this game. They lost by single digits, but still, they they only scored 46 points in this game. They had a lead of eight points with under 19 minutes to play in the game. But then, in the final 19 minutes of that game, they made only six field goals the rest of the way. In fact, they went 6 of 23, 26%. So... What I can take from this is the offense is disjointed. The offense doesn't have a synergy within it. It does help that they have Jackson Rowe back. But if you are only putting up those kind of numbers and then you extrapolate from that and you're thinking, all right, so that's LMU, okay? And no offense to LMU, But UCLA, the brand that they're at, the talent that they're able to wrangle in, okay, you should not be flirting with with being or having this a close game against Cal State Fullerton, okay? Look at that as a barometer, if you will. This is how they played against LMU. This is how they should, and I say should, because we all know that shoulds haven't happened very often with this young, growing team for UCLA. But if things go as we envision, the Bruins should absolutely blow this team out. And where will that be seen the most? Because there are a couple different stat categories 
that I feel like are going to be the most indicative to, to how UCLA is going to to fare so much better than the Titans. And I want to discuss that in grand detail as well. But before I get into that, and we'll discuss that in the last segment, also be mindful of the fact that we're expecting a win. We're expecting good things to come of this. But how much can you glean from this as far as, okay, maybe they are progressing in the right way. The Bruins have lost two in a row. And they played against some some pretty powerful Power 5 opponents. It's nice to have a, a little interlude from that in breaking off and playing a mid-major. But just because you absolutely, hopefully, throttle the Titans, how much confidence do you have in UCLA to take that and then show that and display that against the Pac-12 teams that they're about to play. In fact, UCLA is going to begin conference play on the road. They have not done that in a couple years. They will begin conference play on the road against the Washington schools. And actually, earlier this week, UW got beat in Hawaii to a Houston team which made 17 of 18 free throws. If you're going to beat UW, and I, I can't remember if I just mentioned this, but they were ranked 21st in the country into that going into that matchup against Houston. But if you are going to beat Washington, that is gonna it, you're gonna have to eliminate mistakes. You are going to have to be very precise from the free throw line amidst not making other mistakes as well, as I said. But as we bring you back here, here's what I want you to think about. How much stake are you going to give UCLA, given how they play against Fullerton, in terms of relaying that to how they would fare in the Pac-12? I don't know where I'm at with that right now. Because I just I think even though we're coming to the end of non-conference play. I still can't figure out the identity of this team. I just don't know. Because there are some da- some games, and you've watched this, you've seen this, some games when it's like the guys are really getting it. And then there's other games, and they're like, what are they getting? And, and, and I know that the coaches would say the same thing. So I, I just I can't figure this team out just yet. And as I pointed out earlier this week, it has nothing to do, this drought they're in offensively, has nothing to do with the talent or the lack thereof on this team. Not, not at all. In fact, it, it, it is the only thing that's getting in their way, the only thing I should say that is getting in their way is the mental component right now and how they react to adversity. Do they rise to the challenge? And I sound like a preacher here, but or, or a, you know, yeah, motivating presence, but it's, it's honest. Like, how are you going to respond to, to adversity 
obviously the the, the Titans don't really pre- present themselves with a lot of adversity. But when you get into the Pac-12, I just have no idea at this point how UCLA is going to fare. I hope we're all surprised in a positive way. But don't be surprised if we get out to a slow start in Pac-12 play. Because to be honest with you, and I think Mick Cronin has said this too, this first year is a... I don't know if you want to call it a trial year or just like everyone get to know each other year. This is, don't put too much on this year because I think the real growth is going to be seen next year. Now, the problem is the last couple of years, we have been dying to see this team be relevant again in the NCAA tournament. So I get that the patience is waning here. But I do want you to be cautiously optimistic at how you evaluate this team going into Pac-12 play. All right, final segment of the show, and I'm going to address the musts for UCLA in order to win against Fullerton on Saturday. They will tip off at Poly at 2 p.m. Pacific. And obviously... Coming up the following week, we will extract all of the the goodies from that game, all the positives, all the critiques. We'll lay it all out for you on Monday. But as far as what we need to see from UCLA, it starts once again through how we are able to compete in the paint. It must be a prerogative for this team to early and often get the ball in deep positioning to Cody Riley and Jalen Hill. Okay, those two have been non-factors. It's been well documented. They have been non-factors the last two games. They must absolutely dominate in the lane. They must want it so badly to score and out-muscle, out-fox their opponents in the lane. That must be established right away in this game because not only do the Bruins have a size advantage, but the other side of things is the, the Titans, they're not one to score in the paint. And you look at the, the production It's coming mostly from their guards. They're not taking a lot of threes. So you you try to put put together like, okay, where are their shots coming from? It's mid-range jump shots. It's ill-advised shots. It's contested shots that aren't in close. The offense for the Titans right now is not functioning very well, and you can't give them any favors on the other end to allow them to accrue some points in the paint. So it starts in the middle, down low, devouring the Titans. That has to be priority number one. And with that, you've got to once again bamboozle your opponent here in the rebounding margin. The Bruins have out-rebounded every one of their opponents this year. Obviously, that has not translated to wins every year, but they have a... 8.5 rebounding margin, that leads the Pac-12. 
And they are first in the league in rebounding defense at about 30.67. 19th in the country in rebounding margin. And so these are all positives and nothing that the Titans have shown that they can hang with and duplicate. Rebounds, scoring in the paint, and let's get more offense running through Jules Bernard. So he has scored in double figures in two of the last three games. Had 16 points, was one of the the lone bright spots in that loss to North Carolina. So he actually ranks second on the team for most three-point field goals at 10. So I don't know if you're going to advise Bernard to take a lot of threes, but get him the ball because I feel like he's starting to groove. Also, Jaime Jaquez has always been so consistent. He had a double-double against North Carolina, 14 points and 10 rebounds. So Jaquez and Bernard, let's see how well they fair if they can get into double digit scoring plus we dominate in the lane we crash the glass and we score a lot in the paint this should be an absolute beatdown of grand proportions and i hope that we're talking about just that kind of result on monday have a wonderful weekend always go bruins and we will talk to you on monday again appreciate all of you for taking your time because I never take any of your time for granted. I'm Brian Fenley.